630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Well, hope you had a magnificent Monday. The Edmonton Oilers back at practice this afternoon. Later than usual, 3 o'clock, they were on the ice of Rogers Place. Obviously, no Connor McDavid as he took part in the All-Star game on the weekend in Tampa. And Adam Larson, once again, not on the ice. He's uh, out with a personal family issue. Head coach Todd McClellan saying not sure what Larson's timeline is for a return. Of course, he was scratched about an hour before Thursday's win against Calgary because of that personal issue. So we wish uh, Larson and his family all the best as they get through that. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. It is 6.07. No NHL action tonight. Games will resume tomorrow. The Oilers will get back at it on Thursday. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. The Colorado Avalanche will be at Rogers Place. 5.30 face-off show game at 7. Really a funny schedule here for the Oilers. Uh, a long all-star break. couple uh, day, more days than most teams. And then they don't play on the weekend again. They will have their skills competition on Saturday. Monday against Tampa to round out this very long five-game homestand. And then it gets really busy, uh, busy in February. And if the Oilers have any chance of keeping their slim playoff hopes alive, they're going to have to have an awesome February. Like win three-quarters of their games uh, at the least. They're obviously in a tough situation. You know, this was pretty cool on the weekend, though. Don Hay, legendary WHL coach, became the winningest coach in the league. Now, Don is going to join us in about an hour. He coaches the Kamloops Blazers. Got regular season wins, 743 on Saturday as uh, the Blazers won 5-2 over the Portland Winterhawks. The previous mark... Ken Hodge, former coach of the uh, earlier incarnation of the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Portland Winterhawks. So a huge uh, milestone there for uh, Don Hay, who's also coached World Juniors, coached in the NHL, but longtime coach in the Western Hockey League. He's won Memorial Cups, including in Vancouver with Oilers winger Milan Lucic. Yeah, huge impact uh, on, on my career and, and my life, uh, kind of just teaching me how to to work and, and play the right way and a uh, huge accomplishment for, for him getting that 743rd win uh, you know uh, we were joking about it here we we're saying that's a lot of bus rides it's a lot of time spent on the bus for him but you know playing for him he, he definitely enjoys it uh, you know four, four more cups to his name um, you know and I, I was just fortunate enough to be uh, on the winning side of things with him so like I said a uh, huge part of my development Probably, probably the most impactful person in my hockey career as a teenager, and uh, it's great to see him uh, to, to set a new record. You mentioned him teaching you sort of some of the things to play the right way. 
what did he stress and how does he get his message across? Because that's a time in your life where you're a teenager, you can learn a lot, but you can take your mistakes pretty hard too. Yeah, just, just stopping and battling and, and uh, a big a big quote that he always used was was will over skill. Uh, and that was one thing that he, he embedded in me all the time was, uh, you know, if, if, if you're willing to, to go harder and outwork the guy and, and, and do the little things right, you're, it'll overcome someone that might have more skilled, skilled than you. And uh, that was one of the biggest messages that uh, he got across to me. And, and just, just, just being a pro, you know, coming, you know, not just, not just showing up for games, but, but showing up for practice too. You know, being a good practice player, being sharp, getting better every day. And, and those are the things that he tries to do uh, to make you uh, a good player as a teenager before you get to the pro level. That's a lot of different generations of young people. How, how do you think he's able, as he's aged, he's still been able to connect with uh, the same age range of kids? Uh, I, I think he's had to change a, a little bit over the last couple of years just uh, with the whole world having to change, you know, uh, with, with cell phones and, and social media and all that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, he was definitely hard on me, you know, at times I didn't like it, but looking back, I definitely appreciate how hard he was on me because, you know, looking back, it showed that he cared about you. But um, like you said, him being able to get his message across for for three, four generations now is is, is pretty impressive. And uh, you know, I'm interested to see what his final number is when he's when he's ultimately uh, retired and done coaching. Okay, different topic for you. The Super Bowl is on Sunday. You played in Boston which is actually a pretty good era for all Boston teams because you guys won, Celtics won, the Red Sox won, and the Patriots were winning several times. Yeah. Uh, but are they the, no disrespect to the Bruins or the other teams, but are, are they the kings there when it comes to the fan interest and the passion, do you think? For, uh, for sure. I think just because of uh, the dynasty they, they put together, uh, if, they win, if they win again, that's... That's three out of four, two times in in, in 15, 16 years. And uh, it was pretty special to be a part of. I mean, the other teams aren't far off from the Patriots, but I think just because of, you know, Tom Brady and his legacy and Belichick and his legacy and, and the championships that they've been able to win, I would definitely say they're, they're number one in, in, in Beantown. But... The cool part about being an athlete there, you, f- you feel like you're a part of it. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. You really do feel like you're a part of it, not just with them, with the, with the Celtics and the Red Sox as well. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough over my eight years to, to witness uh, all, all, all four trophies. Do you ever meet any guy, Patriots guys? I know the schedules aren't the same. but Yeah, I, I actually ended up being friends with a couple of them. I still keep in touch with uh, Edelman and, and Amendola and, and Ninkovic, uh, uh, you know, when we can. Uh, but it's funny, the only guy I didn't get to meet was Tom Brady, but I'm sure I'll meet him down the road here at some point. It'd be nice, it'd be really nice to meet that guy. The greatest quarterback ever, Tom Brady, ready to go after another one Sunday. Good to catch up with Milan Lucic there. And obviously pretty fond memories of playing with Don Hay, for Don Hay with the Vancouver Giants and winning a Memorial Cup while they were there. And Lucic certainly talking about his impact that Hay had on his practice habits. And Hay using one of the favorite hockey expressions, will over skill. 
sometimes that happens. Sometimes the skill is just too much, but it doesn't hurt to have the will. The was the skill on display at the All-Star Game on the weekend. Connor McDavid won the fastest skater competition on Saturday, four assists as the Pacific beat the Central 5-2 in the semi. He didn't get a point in the final game as the Pacific won again. Brock Besser from the uh, Vancouver Canucks was voted the MVP. Uh, pretty. I, I actually watched most of the All-Star Game. Uh, I didn't watch all of the other semifinal between the Metropolitan and the Atlantic, though I, though I definitely had it on. But I, I, I got I to say, the three-on-three format is more enticing to me, which they've now had for the last three years, than, than the five-on-five. And I, I don't really mind how they pick the teams. Four divisions, so four teams, they go by the divisions. I, I didn't mind when they, they picked the teams. They had a captain for each one. I guess you could have a captain for four teams and, and pick the teams. But the, the one thing you notice is, I mean... Rob and I take so many calls after Oilers games that they, they need to shoot more. The guys were trying to be so unselfish and so fancy in that All-Star game. I mean, how many good looks were passed up to try a behind-the-back pass or a drop pass or a cross-crease uh, cross hope path that would have led to a tapping goal? But it, was, but it was still pretty fun to to see the skill level. McDavid had that one shift in the semifinal where he could have scored four times on the same shift. He was flying all over the ice. So uh, I didn't uh, I didn't mind that format at all. The, the three-on-three is definitely something I'm more likely to watch. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it appointment viewing. It's one of those things if I'm not uh, doing anything else, I'll watch. I, I know when they had it a couple of years ago, I had a trip to California planned, so I wasn't moving my flight. So so uh, I could watch the NHL All-Star game. But uh, but it was fun. It was fun. And, and three-on-three overtime obviously has been good in the regular season as well. Tell you what we're going to do. The Oilers, uh, they have news. They're going international next year. Preseason game in Germany. Regular season game. They'll be playing in Sweden. Gary Bettman also talked about everybody's favorite topic of the last few days, goaltender interference. We'll get to that when we get back. It's 6.15, Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chet. Just very quickly, Kellen, we'll talk more about it later. Kellen mm. Kennedy working as our studio producer this evening. Yes. Just give me a one-word answer. Okay. Scale of 1 to 10, mm. how was the Royal Rumble? Uh, 8.5. 8.5. Yes. So it was really good then. Really, really good. All right. We'll Ronda get... Rousey's coming to WWE. Is that a big deal? That's a huge deal. All right. That's fascinating. We'll talk more about that later on. Probably. 619 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Yeah, the next Oilers game, not until Thursday when they host the Colorado Avalanche. No Adam Larson today. He remains uh, away from the Oilers dealing with a personal family issue. Connor McDavid did not skate as well. News out of Calgary today. Yarmir Yager has been assigned to Kladno in the Czech Republic. So after clearing waivers, uh, Yager goes back home to the Czech Republic, will play for his hometown team. Likely, well, I get, maybe I shouldn't say likely, closing out his career, but possibly closing out his career with his hometown team. Gary Bettman holding his uh, annual All-Star media availabilities over the weekend, and as you would 
expect, given some of the recent controversies, including one right here in Edmonton on Thursday night, Bettman was asked about goalie interference challenges. We, we just had a meeting, Coley Campbell put it together with hockey operations, the officiating department, there were a couple officials there, there were some coaches who happened to be in town, some general managers, uh, and guys who work with Coley in hockey operations. Uh, when you say a bit of confusion, that's right. I mean, overall, the system works, but I think we've gotten to the point where everybody's overthinking the review. The intention, particularly on goal tender interference, is did you miss something? Was there a glaring core? Not can you search for something that might overturn the call? And I think the consensus of the meeting, although Bill can jump in because I had to leave a little early, was really more we need to give a refresher and we're going to send the memo to the officials. Take a good look, quick look, but don't don't search it to death. If the presumption should be the call on the ice was good unless you have a good reason to overturn it and you shouldn't have to search for a good reason don't search it to death I love that and I think that's what has happened in a lot of these situations I think it's what happened with the McDavid Strom play against Calgary and uh, the commissioner said that he thinks that they are overthinking the review it's supposed to be there to correct glaring errors let's not search for something Endlessly, And that's the point I was making last week. The longer the review goes on, to me, that's an indication that they are trying to find something. Well, we stopped this game or we delayed the celebration because we, we want to look at goalie interference, so we're going to comb over it and make sure we find something, even if some minute little detail. So hopefully there's a little more common sense involved. I, I know it's you can't put in the rule book, if it looks like a goal, it should be a goal. But I, I do think there has to be a, a little more common sense and some uh, thought on the significance of, of the contact as they move along here. We'll see how it's handled coming out of the All-Star break. Also, international games, which will involve the Edmonton Oilers. Brief update on next season's international plans. In, min, in mid-September, we intend to travel two teams to China to play two preseason games and continue the 2018 ORG NHL China games. Details uh, are being worked out with the Players Association. Discussions are ongoing. Uh, So that's all I can give you right now on China. That is a work in progress. In late September, the New Jersey Devils and Edmonton Oilers each will play one preseason game overseas overseas against local teams. The Devils will play in Switzerland and the Oilers in Germany. And then they will play each other in their regular season opener in Sweden. In addition, the Winnipeg Jets and Florida Panthers will head to Finland in early November for two regular season games that will continue our global series. We are still finalizing a lot of details on the specific cities, arenas, and dates for these games, and we will keep you posted as developments develop. All right, so preseason game in Germany for the Oilers, one regular season game in Sweden, that'll be against the New Jersey Devils. It will be a New Jersey home game, so we won't be losing any dates at Rogers Place. I know I think it was initially reported they would play twice. They're just going to play once. So the Oilers going over there for two games. Obviously, uh, you know, Larson, Clefbaum, Swedish players, and uh, Leon Dreisaitl. 
you know, that he has already had the highest scoring NHL season ever by a German-born player. So exciting for him to go. Bob Stoffer spoke to him about that. So, Leon, uh, we received word on the weekend that uh, the Edmonton Oilers next season are going to be going to... I realize next season seems like a long time away and you guys want to focus on other things, but potentially an exhibition game in Germany and then start the regular season in Sweden. Uh, I'm going to assume, does, first of all, does Cologne have the best arena right now? Um, definitely the biggest. Um, I would say they're definitely up there. Uh, in my opinion, it, it probably is the best best rink, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't, you know, I know you watch your dad's teams in Cologne once in a while play. What would be the level for educator or listeners here, the fans, in terms of how good is the DL right now? Would it be comparable to just below the American Hockey League, or how would you say it? Um, uh, it's a different style of hockey, so I think it's it's hard to say, but. Um, you know, I think that the AHL is is a good good comparable um, league to to the DL, and um, yeah, I think you know obviously there's always players uh, coming from the AHL to the uh, to the German league, so um, you know the level of hockey is, uh, is is pretty good. The other thing is you're only allowed so many veterans in the American Hockey League. Those players need a place to go once they get 26, 27, 28. That's where the Swiss League and the German League come in handy. Uh, what would the response be like? for Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers uh, playing a, a potentially an exhibition game in Germany? Uh, I think I think it would be very good. Um, you know, I think people would be very excited. Obviously, they don't get to see much NHL hockey live um, uh, or, or NHL players. So, um, And, you know, as far as I know, uh, you know, if, if it were to be in Cologne, you know, I know that people would be excited. And, um, you know, it's a hockey town as well. So um, it should be uh, wherever. It is, it should be a, a good event. What was the response like last year when you went back for the world championship? Uh, yeah, it was really good. Um, you know, I thought everyone was really excited. Um, you know, the um, the excitement in the city or in the country you could feel, and hopefully, we can we can get that again this year. All right, we're in the position we're in right now. You guys got some work to do. Uh, that said, you're 10 and 2 against the Pacific Division. You still have 17 of your final 33 games left against the Pacific. You know, Maybe some of the fans have resigned themselves to, well, I don't think the team can make the playoffs, but I think for you guys, that's not at all a perspective, is it? No, not at all. Um, you know, I think we, we all know what position we're in. Uh, we're well aware of that, but, um, you know, we're not stop, We're not going to stop fighting until until it's officially over. So there's still a chance, and, um, you know, we're going to take that chance and, um, you know, go go game to game and, 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 try and try and win as many games as we can. Uh, is this where character gets tested a bit with this group right now? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think we have lots of character in here. Um, you know, obviously we're not where we want to be right now, or we would like to be right now, but um, you know, we, we all know that we have a lot of character in this group, and um, it's time time to show that now. What's worse, coming back from the All-Star break and getting a little bit of a bag skate towards the end, or coming back from the All-Star break and having to deal with guys like me? Uh, probably, I'd probably rather skate than, than talk to to you, Bob. <laughs> All right, have some fun. <laughs> All right, fair comment there from Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers back at work. The update for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. We're back after the news. Hi, this is Ryan Nisha Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Dude's still up with those cracked ribs. 
Oilers will take on Colorado Thursday. Some text to 630-630. Randy says the Oilers should have taken Yager to begin with in the fall. He would have worked wonders with McDavid. I do not buy that he's too old. He could have been Connor's missing link. That's from Randy. Well, we'll never know. James says regarding the All-Star team, the other three teams were good, but Team Pacific was Besser. My God. James channeling his inner Gene Principe. Getting us off to a punny start on a Monday night. That's a pretty good one, James. Always appreciate your texts. 63630 is the text line. Phone number is 780-496-0063. You can email inside sports at 630ched.com. And I was shocked to receive a letter today from a listener. Now, I did not have time to read it. Uh, I obviously got to work much later than usual because I covered the Oilers practice at 3. But I, I actually got a letter from a listener. And I, I opened the envelope because I was very curious. The, the only mail I deal with here at 630 Ched is mail for Rob Brown because people from around the world, and I mean around the world, we've had envelopes from the Czech Republic and New Zealand and places like that, and also a lot in Canada and the United States. But people from around the world mail Rob Brown hockey cards for Rob to sign and send back, which he does all the time. So usually that's the the mail I'm dealing with. I just have a stack of stuff for Rob, and then when he's here for a road game or every couple of weeks, I'll, I'll give him his mail. But I actually got a listener letter today. Don't know the content. Maybe if it's worth reading on air, we'll read it tomorrow. Well, I'm pleased to welcome this gentleman to the show. He's a young man by the name of Brendan Ulrich. Hello, Brendan. Hey, Reed. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Not bad at all. That's uh, very interesting. Uh, I'll open it with you if you need some help. Well, I, I opened it, and then I saw it was several pages long in small oh, handwriting. So I no wanted Def to get Leopard some stuff. gifts or anything like that? <laughs> it was, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's from Joe Elliott. He just wanted to reach out and thank <laughs> me for my support of the band. <laughs> there yeah, you go. It's, it's, uh, Sorry. I'm trying not to cough into the mic today. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, do, you're battling, eh? Well, I just got a bit of a cold, so I, but I don't want to hack into the microphone while I'm trying to talk here. Thanks for helping me get the show uh, ready, by the way. Uh, I know you're at the gym pumping some iron before the show, so I thought I'd help yeah, you. Yeah, well, I did my YMCA uh, Community Health Challenge workout today, which maybe I shouldn't have done when I wasn't feeling great. But I'm definitely getting stronger, but there was really nowhere to go but up. But what do you call that machine? Is it just the leg press? Is that what it is? The leg press, yes. Yeah, so uh, you're, you're basically almost lying on your back. You're not quite parallel with the ground, but almost, right? Yeah. And then there's just a big metal plate, like probably the size of a, like a, a mat, like a welcome mat to a house, right? And you put your feet on that and you push it up, right? So I think it's, I think that apparatus with no weight on it is 120 pounds. And then you add 90 pounds at a time. So today I did 10 reps of 390 pounds. See, that's impressive. The best part of that, about that machine, though, is is you can actually stack weights on it, and it looks like you're you're doing a lot, but it's actually not that hard. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> well, because your legs are strong, yeah, right? They, I they are the I mean, strongest. But, but, but you feel good about yourself yeah, because but, you're, you're lifting so much. You're like, holy crap, I'm getting so strong. Yeah, I if still... If you're on the bench press, you'd probably do, you know, not very much. I probably couldn't be bench press 50 pounds. I, I don't even know if I could bench press 50 pounds. <laughs> Maybe I could. 
maybe 100. It's a great machine. It's great for the legs, great for hockey players. So I've been doing that one for years. Yeah, so to me, it just I, I know the legs are easier, but just for me to say I did 390 pounds doesn't sound like something I should be able to do. <laughs> It was it was difficult, but I, I did get ten. I did get uh, I did get ten done. So that's what's fun. I got a blog about it on the Inside Sports page that I throw up there once a week if people want to read about the kind of stuff I've been doing. Uh, I, I, I assume you you have no regret. Randy on the text line has some regrets about Yarmir Yager. I'm assuming you don't. No, not at all. I mean, we talked about that one all summer long, and uh, I, the idea makes sense. Okay, it's Yager. Uh huh. We know what he's done in his career, very skilled player, maybe a bit of a mentor for some of the players on this team. I just, the Oilers aren't a fast team, and I thought at the time it wouldn't make a lot of sense to bring him in based on, you know, that, uh, that area. That, I mean, and he wasn't healthy, to be yeah, fair, he too. He was healthy. never healthy. Um, Missed training you camp. You need to play him in your top six, and he didn't play in the Flames' top six for very long, and it didn't work out in the end. So, uh, to me, it would have been a big disaster if he came to Edmonton as well. This texture says, Reed, what would it take to get James Neal out of Vegas? <laughs> he's he's going to stay there, isn't he? If I was him, I would. It's, well, <laughs> I mean, that's what, what it sounded to? like listening to some of the coverage on the weekend. And he got the, he, you could tell he was having a blast playing with Big David at the All-Star game, by the way. This is the, this is the crazy thing, Brendan. So the whole storyline in the summer, well, Vegas, you know, they'll probably work hard, win some low-scoring games because of Flurry. Maybe they'll get to 30 wins. You know, won't be last. They'll have a respectable season. They'll trade off a couple guys at the deadline to, to try to build their prospect base. And now, like, wh- why would you, why would you trade James Neal if you're Vegas? You're thinking Stanley Cup? Yeah, I mean, look at the West. It's wide open. Uh you get to the playoffs with that roster. They've shown they can score. They've shown they can skate. They have four lines that contribute. And they have Marc-Andre Fleury, who is really good in the playoffs. I mean, he was really good for Pittsburgh last year. I think he was the biggest reason that they, they beat the Washington Capitals. And, of course, Murray eventually took over and helped them win the Stanley Cup in the end. But Fleury was really, really good in the playoffs last year. So, yeah, I mean, you look at James Neal, find him, I wouldn't stay there. Um it just doesn't make a lot of sense for them to, to want to trade guys right now. Um, I get that they want to build for the future, but they already have a bunch of picks. They have, they've drafted three first-rounders round last year. They have a couple first-rounders next year. Uh, to me, I would be looking to, to keep James Neal if I were them. I know Oiler fans are saying, okay, maybe in the offseason you can sign the guy, but they're definitely not trading him now. No chance in hell. Well, and it, it shows you, too, how sometimes the best-laid plans by general managers – Things happen that you can't control. And look, I've been critical of some of the decisions by Peter Shirelli, but I also think there's been some drop-off by players that he couldn't have reasonably foresaw coming. And William Carlson, as much as anybody, is making George... Like, do you really think George McPhee was sitting around at the expansion draft? Well, I better take William Carlson because he's going to shoot 26%. Like, it just shows you how sometimes a player can just so totally overachieve and he makes people in the organization look like geniuses. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I think, uh, well, I think McPhee, first of all, had a chance to sort of look at where the NHL is heading. Um, and he, he said, we need to get speed, we need to get skill. So I think he tried to identify that from each team around the league and add those players to, to build the roster. But with Carlson, I, I mean, Columbus, didn't they uh, get rid of the Clarkson contract so that uh, they wouldn't take, um, was it Anderson? I think they, wanted, they didn't want Vegas to take Anderson, so they ended up getting Carlson in the end. So that's sort of fluked out there to get a player like that who sort of stepped up clearly motivated uh by the situation he's in 
and he's having an outstanding season. So it's it, it all worked out in the long run. I think there was some luck involved in the process, of course, but at the same time, give McPhee credit for sort of uh, thinking ahead, some forward thinking as a GM, saying, where is the league heading? And what can I do to get this team uh, up and running here? And clearly it's all worked out to perfection so far. Was it TSN or Sportsnet that did the All-Star Break Awards and had the 31 coaches vote on Coach of the Year? And Gerard Gallant got 30 votes. So he, <laughs> yeah, didn't, think, he didn't vote for himself. Every, like, every, every other coach that. voted for Gallant. Well, yeah, it's a slam dunk to me for Gallant. No doubt about that. Uh, that's outstanding for him. And uh, he deserves uh, the award. I would give it to him right now. Brendan Ulrich, producer of Oilers Now, joining us on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, I forgot to mention here, but I'll be promoing it all week. Friday night is going to be fun. We're going back to school. We're going to campus. We're going to be live from Claire Drake Arena. The big showdown, the 23-1 Alberta Golden Bears hosting the 18-5-1 Saskatchewan Huskies. So uh, we won't, uh, we're live from 6 to 8. The game starts at 7. But uh, obviously we'll be pumping up that game throughout the week too. Are you, are you coming to that one? Have you decided yet? <laughs> I'm hoping to read. Uh, my plan is to come. The only uh, problem is... Well, not a problem. My sister's in town, actually, and she's bringing my little nephew. Bring Ryder, him all to the game. Who is, uh, First Bears old. game for the <laughs> nephew. <laughs> well, I haven't actually met him yet, so we'll see what the week's like. I don't know. We might have a family dinner on Friday or something now, but we'll, we'll see. I'm hoping to make it out there to that game on Friday. It's going to be outstanding. I should say later on tonight, I'm going to have the two goaltenders from the U of A Pandas hockey team on the show, Dana Owen and Kirsten Chamberlain. The Pandas have six consecutive shutouts. They haven't allowed a goal in over 400 minutes, so we're going to introduce you to both uh, both those goalies. They should have been in that save streak contest in the yeah, All-Star that's, game. That's right. Okay, I wanted to ask you about that. I didn't, I, so I, I went out Saturday night, so the skill stuff was on the TV where I was, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. I saw McDavid skate, uh, and then I mentioned earlier, I actually sat down and watched the majority of the All-Star game. Uh, what about, like, you're kind of a generation removed from me, when I was a kid, sometimes the All-Star games would actually get kind of competitive. You know, Wales versus Campbell. You know, and then I think through the 90s, they started getting a little softer and became score fest. Did you, did you watch either the skills or the All-Star game? Just as a pure hockey fan, does, does anything about that entice you? Well, it is intriguing to me still a little bit. Um, as a kid, I loved it, of, of course. I mean, I think every kid, you know, loves watching the All-Star game, loves watching the skills competition. I watched more of the skills on Saturday. Uh, I was, you know, I was out and about on Sunday, so I watched some of the game. Uh, to me, it is what it is. I mean, it's about uh, skill. It's not really about uh, players going out there and playing balls to the wall all the time. I mean, you can't really expect that. So it is what it is. It, I get sort of annoyed, I guess, is what I'm saying, that people that, you know, complain about the All-Star game. Like, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. It's simple as that. But there are people out there that will watch it. And uh, it's big for the area it's in. I mean, when it comes to Edmonton, we're all going to be excited in a couple of years when that happens, of course. And uh, it's just a chance to, to see the players uh, play with some guys who never got them to see play with or against. And, I mean, McDavid with Neil, as you talked about earlier, was pretty cool to see. And then Oilers fans start thinking about that possibility and stuff like that. Uh, I think I like that they're trying new things each year, it seems like. I know they tried uh, to mimic the slam dunk contest years ago right. at the skills comp. And that never worked out. Like, that was a uh, colossal fail, to be honest. And they got rid of it. So they're saying, okay, let's try something new. They tried to, you know, have a few new events this uh, week. I don't know if they all worked. Um, 
there were a few strange ones. The the stick count one, one where they had to lift the puck and try to you know get it through uh, squares. Yeah, like how often do you're not even allowed to handle the puck head high? Yeah, I didn't like that event, but whatever. They tried it, and maybe they'll tinker it and change it next season. Uh, in terms of the game itself, um, of course, they've tried to implement a cash prize uh, to the event, which I think has the players playing a little bit harder, maybe. Although, I think, uh, I, from what I saw this year, it didn't really seem like the players were trying as much as they, they were a couple years when they years ago when they first uh, introduced the three-on-three format. So maybe they need to change it again or do something different next year. But I like that the NHL's trying new things, I guess, is what I'm getting at. And uh, they're not just, you know, staying status quo with the format. They're trying to actually make it as exciting as possible. Chad texting in. He says, I've been fully committed to working out for four years now. Haven't been sick in over three years. Ran a 10K the first year, a half in the second and third summer. And a full marathon last summer went from 217 pounds down to 190. Keep going and no more sickness. That is from... uh, Chad, well, Chad, that's awesome. All losing almost thirty pounds. Uh, if Chad listens at all, he probably knows uh, I run and I do one or two half marathons a year. But I've never done much uh, lifting or strength training, so I'll try to add that to my repertoire a little bit now. But it's Brendan. It's it's all about the commitment, and well, sometimes it's hard to find it's time. But if you you know if you set aside, even if even if you can go for an hour twice a week, you will feel better. Yeah, absolutely, and it's addicting. That's the thing. Maybe not at first. I think once you get through the first few weeks. And uh, you get away from all the soreness, and you're like, okay, you take your shirt off, and you see some, some gains, as, as they would say. It's, it becomes a little bit addicting, and you're thinking, okay, I can't wait to get back out to the gym. And, of course, as that uh, texter talked about, good for your health as well. Uh, keeps out something to do, gets you out of the house, away from the wife. or you know, it's, it's fun, is what I'm getting at. And uh, I'm sure you're enjoying it as well, Reed. I, I'm sure it was tough at first, but uh, once you get through that. Oh, it's still tough, buddy, bad. but that's all right. But you're, it's you're a feeling, reward. You're feeling good about yourself. Is what well, I'm here's the thing. I decided, especially as I got into running, that I wasn't going to approach physical activity as uh, uh, an exercise in torture. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand there's, yes, there can be pain right. involved. That is torture. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, if and if you are injured, you should you should take steps obviously to do it. But you, I think you have to start slow. But I decided I'm not going to exercise and complain about it the whole time and only focus on how bad I feel. I mean, you know, physical activity can be challenging. Pushing yourself can be challenging, but but it's it's worth it in the end. So that's the uh, that's the a lot attitude. Of it's mental, yeah, yeah. The, that's the attitude I've gone into the uh, YMCA challenge uh, with. Speaking of fit people, dare I ask? Because I have no idea what happened. Kellen Kennedy told me it was eight and a half out of ten on the entertainment scale. How was the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I'd be. The, I'm, I'm there with Kellen. I'd, I'd even go higher. I know Kellen's a wrestling aficionado, so maybe he's a little harsher than me. I'll give it a nine. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. There was a lot of swerves, uh, a lot of surprises. Um, it was interesting. They did the men's Royal Rumble match first, Reed, which was sort of a dead giveaway that something big was going to happen in the women's Royal Rumble. Like, if they're doing that one last, it was the first ever one. You knew they were going to bring back a lot of former stars for it, and they did. Trish Stratish, Lita were all involved. And then at the end of the match... After Oscar had won the Royal Rumble, that's when Ronda Rousey came out, and uh, it's been rumored for years that she was uh, going to work in WWE after her UFC uh, thing sort of fizzled out, and uh, now she's here, a full-time member of WWE, and uh, that's a pretty big draw. I know all the sports uh, networks were talking about it. it's all over Sportsnet, even like that's the, the main the mainstream draw of having Ronda Rousey join WWE. You're getting outlets like Sportsnet that would never really talk about wrestling, or TSN that would talk about wrestling all the time. So it's a, it's a huge story. 
So she came out after all the matches were done and announced she was joining? Is that how they did it? Yeah, well, a lot of people thought she was actually going to be in the Rumble. Oh, itself. okay. And then all of a sudden, okay, it gets to number 30, and that's the last entrant, and we're all thinking it's going to be Ronda Rousey. Instead, it was Trish Stratish, who is probably the most popular female wrestler of all time, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but then some people were sort of like, oh, I thought Rousey was going to come out. Maybe it's not going to happen. Um it was actually rumored for a long time. She was actually one of the betting favorites to win the Royal Rumble, but it sounded like she was uh, filming a movie in Colombia, and then she wasn't going to be oh, there. So geez. WWE pulled the fast one on everyone, and all of a sudden she came out at the end, and now she's signed full-time to WWE, and she'll be at WrestleMania. All right. Well, so, some for me not to watch for, Brenda. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. I, what if uh, she teams up with uh, the Rock and goes toe to toe with uh, Triple H and Stephanie. I McMahon thought The Rock wasn't in it anymore. Well, there's rumors that she might team up with The Rock and go against Stephanie McMahon. Oh, wow, so that'd be pretty big. I don't know you how you keep track that. of these storylines, Brendan. That's like, what it's all about. You That's laugh that I can name all the songs on Hysteria in order. Look what you can <laughs> keep in your mind. See, I'm a bit of a nerd too, Reed. It's all good. Hey, thanks for checking in tonight, buddy. I will uh, see you at some point tomorrow. Thanks for your help today, man. Sounds good. See you then. Brendan Ulrich checking in. He's the producer of Oilers Now. He's the backup host on Oilers Now. He's one of the backup hosts on Inside Sports. He's our Eskimo sideline reporter, and he's our uh, post-game reporter from the Oilers locker room. A busy and talented young man. Uh, here's a off-topic topic for tonight. You can text 630-630. What would your wrestling name be if you were to join WWE? Inside Sports on Chad. Don Hay, by the way, is coming up after the 7 o'clock news, winning his coach in WHL history. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right! All right, well, we, got, we already got some good ones. Ken calling in, told Kellen... His wrestling character would be the keg crusher. He would bring a full keg into the ring. And what would he say? He would do keg stands and invite yeah. the audience as well? Before and after the match. So you get the audience, audience participation. participation. You yep. include a little uh, little beverage tasting. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. That the would keg uh, crusher. Would he spell crusher with a K? Oh, there we go. That works. Because if he was going to be Ken the Keg Crusher, uh, then the three Ks might not go over very well, though. And then you have to spell T-H-E, the, as D-A, the Keg Crusher. Oh, nice. That, that's awesome. Gabe says, uh, my WWE handle would be Gabriel the Angel of Death. Ooh, that'd be nice and dark. You could do a lot with that. Mm-hmm. He could come in with big wings on his cape and then take them off. The entrances would be reminiscent of something from Spinal Tap or something, like the little right. Stonehenge things. <laughs> uh, Bretsky says, hi, Reed. This is great. My nickname would be Greenhouse Gas, and my weapon would be a can of beans. That is a good one. <laughs> and uh, one of the most amusing textures to this program, he doesn't always text in a lot, but when he does, he makes it count, and he almost always makes me smile or sometimes even laugh out loud. Yakushev says his wrestling name would be Yakushev. There you go. (laughs) That's what Vince McMahon would probably say about that gimmick. He'd just just walk up to him and say... 
Vince McMahon. That is, yeah. See, all these wrestling rep- and unless it's the, you know the Alter Warrior or Hulk Hogan from like eighty nine ninety, that's when I watch. What what are the big ones? There's uh, so there's Royal Rumble. Yep. WrestleMania. That's in March April. Yeah. They still have SummerSlam. They still do. That's in August. Is there another big one, or are those the three uh, big the ones? The fourth one is Survivor Series. That's in November. Survivor Series. Yeah. So when I was growing up in Evansburg, I would watch the Saturday Night Main Event that right. would be on instead of Saturday Night Live every yep. three or four months on NBC. And yep. then I would rent. Well, no, it was on CTV. As ah, I've said yes. many right, times. Right, right, yeah. Didn't get NBC by Evansburg. You got gotcha, CTV gotcha. and CBC. Yeah. And then I would rent the VHS tape mm-hmm. for the big events, which usually would come out, I don't know, two weeks, four weeks. Coliseum video, a- after yep. It was, uh, after, after it was actually filmed. So you'd have to avoid any spoilers about right, what right. happened. And then you would watch the event on VHS. That's old Those school. were the days. And then uh, and then after that, I was done done with wrestling, except for talking to you guys about it. <laughs> Don Hay is far from done, though he is the winningest coach in the history of the WHL. He set that record on the weekend. He will join us next. Inside Sports on Chad. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.